0: Hello, beautiful people. It is your boy, Coach Q, a.k.a. Mr. Awesome. We have another spectacular episode here with JR, Big Dog Johnson out of Jacksonville, Florida. I really appreciate him coming on board today to do this podcast with me. We got some great insights on what you need to do to be successful and how our industry can help you as far as this vehicle with the insurance world. If you haven't visited our site yet, it's www.legacywealthadvantage.com. Tune in to today's show. Tell me what you learned. Tell me what you don't. Send me emails at coachq@legacywealthadvantage.com. at I want to know criticism. I want to know pointers. If you want to be on the show, if you got something to say, whether it's negative or positive, I need it. I want the feedback. Send it to me, people. Hope you enjoy the show. Let's get it. What's going on, beautiful people? It's your boy Coach Q, aka Mr. Awesome, aka Quentin Edwards. I'm doing an interview today with a very special person here. I got Mr. J.R. Johnson out of Jacksonville, Florida. We're gonna be doing an interview today to talk about some real-world experiences in our industry, which is the life insurance industry. Industry. So I'm I'm very excited to do this segment with him, and um, he'll see why shortly um we got some again some real world experiences of what we're going to share to hopefully get you excited about not only getting up doing something as far as bigger better opportunities in your life whether it's this industry whether it's just another industry we just want to help you be a better you in life so uh without further delay here is my boy JR JR tell the people about yourself <laughs>
1: Hey, Q, I appreciate you uh, inviting me on to your podcast today. And uh, my name is J.R. Johnson. I'm actually the Senior Regional Director for Senior Life Insurance Company. And uh, I've known Q now for probably about a year, right? So about a year. About a about year. year. Yeah, he's been trying to catch up with me. He's got too many AKAs, though. so But I only got <laughs> one, and that's uh, AKA Big Dog. So, you know, if you hear anybody say J.R. Johnson or Big Dog, that's who they're talking about. That's you, huh? That's me.
0: So, J.R., where exactly are you from originally?
1: Well, originally, you know, long story. I mean, originally I'm a I'm an army brat, man. My dad was in the army and he uh he was over in Germany uh back in the early 60s and met my mom and she was only uh kind of a long story. I don't tell her my all my personal business, but she was she was young, man. She was uh she was 14 years old and he was 24 years old and he didn't know it. And then, uh, you know, she got pregnant with me. She had me when she was 15 years old. We lived over about four or five years. And then I've been all over the country. You know, I lived everywhere from Las Vegas to Biloxi, Mississippi, to Jacksonville, Florida, and all in between, so. Were you born in Germany? I was born in Germany. I was raised in Germany first four and a half years of my life, and um, matter of fact, when I was a kid, that's all I could speak was German, so.
0: Mm, Wow, so that's like your first language?
1: Yeah, that's my first language, yeah.
0: Wow, now that's interesting. So, my mother, same background, settled down here in Georgia. Mm-hmm. She was born in Germany.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: <laughs> but you have your United States citizenship cuz yeah, when Georgia I uh military. when I turned
1: when I turned 18, I joined the uh, United States Air Force. And okay. when you join the military for the US, you have to choose because I had dual citizenship up to that point. Um, and then at that point, when I got sworn into the United States Air Force, I had to choose which one I wanted to be, and of course, I chose to be a USA citizen, so I <laughs> let go of that. But uh, That's
0: awesome, man. So originally, you're from everywhere and nowhere at the same time.
1: Yeah, yeah that's, what, <laughs> that's what Army brats are, man, that's <laughs> yeah. what Army brats are. But you know what? That plays real good into what I do, because you know, when I was younger, when I was a kid, um, up to the time I was about 12 years old, we probably moved about 25, 26 different times and during those times you know you have to become somebody new you have to reinvent yourself because you're in a different area of the country you're with different people and and, you know in order to be liked because nobody wants to be the the outcast right so i kind of turn into a chameleon and uh that's where
0: you get all these characters from where i get all these characters from man So 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 i see the way it played into your life versus someone like my mother um any Negative experiences that came out of that because I seen again
1: it well, attacked worst, my mom a different way. Yeah, you know? I mean the worst part of it was you know like I said you know when I was a kid we moved but by the time I was twelve we had moved like twenty five twenty six times and you know the worst part of it is I almost had a gypsy mentality for a long time you know up to the point to where I married my beautiful wife Christy um, you know fourteen years ago we got together. Um, up to that point, I think the longest I'd ever lived in any position, in any any, any place, was about four or five years. Mm. And then on top of that, um, the same thing with, with my careers, man. You know, I get bored real easy. Mm. And uh, so, you know, I worked as a, a real estate agent and a, a mortgage broker, and, and you know, I did that for about 11 or 12 years, but it was something to where, I didn't have to stay in the same place. You know, I had a national license, so I could go sell in Las Vegas. I could go sell in Mississippi. I could go sell in Georgia. Right. You know, so I didn't have to stay at one place or one company for any length of time because I got bored. It's good and it's bad that comes with that, though, right? There's good that comes with that. It's it's uh, It keeps things fresh. It keeps things exciting, you know. But uh, the bad part of it is you, you when you're trying to build something that's going to last, when you're trying to build an agency or... Uh, you know, like in our business that we do now, we've got some phenomenal residuals and stuff like that. And I'm still making a lot of residuals off of some other companies that I was with. But it took me a while to figure out. I got my license in 2008. Um, but it took me it took me a couple of years, 2011, I finally figured out after three years that I wanted to get in the final expense business. But I tried to broker route because again, something new, something sure. exciting, I had all these different options and all these different things I could do. and you know, finally about, uh, about 2000, uh, probably about 2013, I really fell into final expense and, and decided that's where I wanted my home to be. So, so you've been in this industry as far as insurance since 08,
0: you said? Since 08, right. So it's been a while. What is that? 13, 11 11 years. 11 years? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 11 years. What,
1: who introduced you to the industry? What, who, how, why? <laughs> you know, it, it, the funny thing is, you know, I've, I've heard other people say this, but nobody ever says when they're a kid that I want to grow up and be an insurance salesman. You know, insurance salesman's synonymous with uh, a lawyer or, uh, you know, other things, uh, used car salesman, right? People right. compare us to used car salesman all the time. But, um, and that's kind of what it was, to be honest with you, I had a friend who was doing, uh, had an insurance business. Now it was a PNC license, um, and I didn't want to do all that, you know, the rental and and insurance and and getting all that side of the industry. Um, But he kept telling me. He said, man, you need to get in the insurance business. You need to get in the insurance business. I'm like, "Nah, man, I don't want to do that. Ain't no way. I'm not an insurance guy. I don't want to be an insurance guy. That's not me, man. What what held you back? I mean, because it's it's a scary
0: world. Like you said, nobody grows up and wants to be a salesman or woman, but I know certain things click in your head that said, this is something that's going to put me here.
1: Well, I've been in sales. i actually been in sales. Like I said, I did real estate mortgage broker, and I've been in sales since 1993. And uh, I'd actually, you know, my career-wise, I'd been a correctional officer and worked for Jacksonville Sheriff's Office for almost 10 years. And... um uh, again, you know, went to about four or five different prisons throughout that time as a, as a correctional officer, moving around a lot. But, um, you know, when I left there, the reason I left was because I was barely making it. I was working 60 hours a week, 70 hours a week, and, um, you know, making $22,000 a year, putting my life on the line every day. Wow. And, and I said, you know, there's got to be something better out there. So I got a job selling ice Mm. now wow that sounds funny right selling ice i I sold i sold bags of ice to little champ stores now i I had a route that went from fernandina beach all the way down to bunnell florida but i made six cents a bag straight commission no mileage no uh, hourly rate six cents a bag selling ice. Mm. In my first year, I made $35,000, almost double what I did working 10 years at the Sheriff's Department. Wow. So I said, sales is for me. I like sales. So I've been in sales for a long time. Um, So the commission part of it wasn't what was scary. It was just I didn't really want to be an insurance agent. (laughs) But, (laughs) you know, I'd worked as a matter of fact, the last job I had before that I, or or second last job, I was a manager of a Lowe's store for Mm. about three years. You've done and, a lot, man. And then, yeah, <laughs> and then I left there, and I, and I, you know, my sister said, "Hey, I got this construction company. They're looking for a project manager." I said, "Well, I ain't never been a project manager in my life. Let me try that." So I came on as a project manager, and I was making good money. I was making about seventeen hundred dollars a week, being a project manager, working seven to three, Monday through Friday. It was a great job, but construction was going downhill. You know, that was two thousand six when the market was falling out. 2007. So I said, you know what, I got to figure out something to do, and like, again, my buddy kept harping, you got to get into insurance, you got to get the insurance. It's a, How it's long had this been? Recession proof, you know, so, I agree with that you know, one. it was, uh, he'd been harping on me for about three, four years, you know, that I needed to do that. How many
0: flips of careers have you had since the three or four
1: years he was just trying to get you? Were you at one place, or you were? Um, during that time, yeah, I was, uh no, I was, I, I'd worked at two places. I was, I was the, uh, I'd worked for Lowe's. Now, with Lowe's, I started off as a lumber guy. I was, I was the one that was loading the lumber into people's uh, vehicles and stuff. And within, God, six weeks, I went to department manager. And then within about eight months, I went to receiving department manager. Then I stepped up to admin manager. And then I stepped up to operations manager. And then I stepped up to store manager. Mm-hmm. Now, that's usually about a, 10-year process and I did that in a year and a half so again so that leadership
0: quality that you have upon yourself where they really saw something in you I'm guessing correct
1: that self-discipline you know I was the guy that always showed up to work that always did what you know I I didn't wait to be told what to do you know I went in I saw what needed to be done I took care of it took charge um, and that you know that's always been the way that I've been You know, ever since, like I said, when I was a kid, we moved all the time. So, as soon as I go into a new place, man, I had to take charge, you know. What – because you have this demeanor upon
0: you. Everybody talks about your demeanor, right? Because it's just something about you. No one knows, right? (laughs) Something about It's (laughs) just something about Jr. that you have this, if he wants something, let me see what I can do, you know what I'm saying, or just, you know, you're just one of those special guys. What – can you tell us that can help us be a JR in life? What has helped you? Was it the military, your your family background, or your upcoming, or some tragedies? I mean, what has really constructed you to be this awesome man that you are in life?
1: You know, the biggest thing was, and, and, you know. and now you're going to make me get all personal here, <laughs> but the biggest thing was, you know, my dad was a great provider for the family. He worked hard. He worked, you know, two or three jobs, but... My dad was a, a very, very rough, abusive guy. You know, I'm not going to go into too many details. Right. But, but you know, the things that you tell your child are the things that can determine the outcome of their life. And, you know, he told me a, a, a lot of negative things. He told me that I was never going to amount to be anything. He told mm-hmm. me that I didn't, that I was stupid. He told me that... Uh, I was worthless. You know, he, he, he used all those kind of things amongst other things. And um, really my driving force when I turned about eighteen years old and joined the military, my at that point in my life my biggest thing was I'm gonna prove everybody wrong. You know, I'm gonna prove everybody that I am somebody. That I am something, that I am capable of doing whatever I set my mind to, and I don't care what it is. You can't tell me I can't do that. That's just going to make me fight that much harder to get it done. Come a long way, indeed, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I've come a long way. It was a lot of conscious choices in life that I had to make to overcome that stuff, and even today, you know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm not going to tell you my age, but I'm I'm a little older, <laughs> you know. But even today, sometimes those things, you know, they creep back into my mind, and again, it's. You know, I have to make a conscious decision to not be the person that, that I was told constantly as a child that I was going to be. So. so one of the things I do is, as far as
0: that switch I made about two, three years ago myself, uh, you know, the way I conditioned my mind, right? That psychological shift is what I call it, to see the world in this completely different Atmosphere, dimension, whatever terminology you want to use is is every day I'm filling myself with steps, um, work, workouts. I mean, it's all mental. Same stuff I used to get from my trial and error in life, which was football. Mm-hmm. A lot of people that's either you know sports if they took it series or the military, something like that. Mine was sports background and just applying that to different aspects in life. I I just want to see, just on a deeper side, without going too deep, what are some of the little things that you do or have done, or Mm -hmm. probably still do, Mm -hmm. to get that mental condition going for you? Because like I said, you're a different guy, right? You sit down with somebody, or you tell somebody to do something, it's like, you can tell them, but you're saying it in the most respectful manner. He's like, (laughs) it's like, I'm going to do it, because JR told me to do it. Yeah. So... And then you have this, like you said, this uh, this thing about you where you're going to get it done we're going to do it because JR is going to work his tail off to get it done and that's not going to be an if, and, or but about it. So you've
1: done some mental conditioning over your life, right? I've done a lot of mental conditioning and and a lot of it was, again, um, you know, my dad. Let me tell you the good part about my, my dad. He instilled my work ethic in me okay like i said he he was a hard-working man he worked two three jobs at a time Um, but when i was 10 years old and i'm gonna go back a little bit here now when i was 10 years old we bought a piece of property that was five acres and it was the thickest most covered briars trees bushes weeds snakes Mm. i mean it was nasty Mm. and at 10 years old i had a chainsaw and a sling blade (laughs)
0: Oh my and, God. A, and a,
1: and a twenty-inch push mower, and me and my dad cleared that five acres. So by the time I was twelve years old, I could out—you know—I could work circles around grown men, um, I, I, and I was strong. You know, I, I when I was I was fourteen years old. I'll talk, talk about sports background for a second. You know, I played one game of football uh, as JV, and halfway through the game, coach come come to me and he said, "You're starting varsity next week." Mm. Um, I was running back. I was um, uh, strong safety. I ran a four two forty, four three forty. You know, I was I was fast. I was strong. Um, football season was over. Coach come to me said, "You ever lifted weights?" I said, "Never touched a weight in my life." I weighed one hundred forty seven pound, and the first time I ever touched a weight, I bench pressed two hundred twenty five pounds. Wow! So, you know, I had a, I had a good <laughs> I had a good sports career. Uh, matter of fact, I was uh, I was uh, fifteen pounds off the world record at age uh, 19 for for bench press. I was, I weighed, uh, at that time I weighed 184 and I was bench pressing 545 pounds, so. Wow, um, what you think you can hit right so, now? Well, you know, I'm old, got a bad shoulder and all that, but <laughs> you know, the other day I did, you know, I I, I was trying out some, uh, some stuff and we did deadlifts and stuff like that. I can probably deadlift still about 350 pounds, you know. Um, no my highest bench is ever was 405 so you five. You've you've I, I used to do me. I used to do rep <laughs> 10 reps with that in an incline bench man but uh but as far as mental conditioning goes um again you know the big and and let's just go back even a little bit more I was raised I was raised as a, in a Christian family you know my my when I say that my mother was probably the the best Christian person I've ever met in my life. And probably the only reason that I'm still alive, to be honest with you, because there was times that uh she actually had to grab a hold of me and, and snatch me out from under what was going on and, and we'd jump in the car and leave for a few hours for people to calm down. Yeah. Um, but uh so I you know, I was raised in, in, in a in a Christian home and my you know, my mother was a big part of that and and I think that uh I think that my Christian faith uh plays a lot of, into into where my inner strength come from. Um, matter of fact, I, I kind of ran from God for a little bit, and uh, when I turned, how old was I? Golly, I was about 46, 45, 44, 46, somewhere in there. Um, I actually decided to quit running and, and uh, went to uh, seminary school and, and got my bachelor's degree in theology and actually pastored a church for a long time. So a lot of my a lot of my inner strength and mental strength comes from just uh from God himself you know See, just your fear of
0: faith has definitely been a, a determining factor of what shapes you oh yeah do you
1: listen to tapes books um every day meditate every day i uh i have a devotional you know i i, I do my you can call it meditation if you want to but i do my silent prayers and my my devotionals every the same day difference. And, right. um you know one of the things that uh that I, I I tell people all the time is is that you got to be mentally prepared um, to be successful it's not something that uh, comes easy and uh, one of the things that I do for that obviously is is again uh, my faith is what keeps me grounded but like when I go to the gym I'm always listening to motivational videos and, and watching motivational tapes and uh, I've read tons of books you know Zig Ziglar Tom Watkins uh, you know just everything I can get my hands on uh but that's that's kind of what I do so so in regards to your career Mm -hmm.
0: you've been doing this for 11 years what really made you go from doing Mr. Everything to just one thing what was that shift like and what helped inspire
1: that for you it was hard. Um, it was really hard, but uh, I think the biggest part of it was that I realized that there's not a whole lot of, and I, and I, and I say this with all humility, there's not a whole lot of J.R. Johnsons out there that can juggle 13, 14 different things at one time. And I was having a real hard time, um, you know, I could bring people on, I can get them pumped up, I can get them out there them some stuff, but I was having a hard time keeping people because there was duplicate. too much it was too complicated it was too many too many things to learn too many different carriers too many different uh, medication lists and you know you could go here for this or that for the you know for somewhere else and 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 you
0: you came up in the day and age where it didn't have all this technology
1: where it's a little bit right so it was all it was a you know my trunk used to I used to laugh but I had six milk crates you know in my trunk with folders for all my different carriers I had different paperwork when you go into a house you had no idea who you were going to sell? So you didn't take anything in with you other than just basically your your notepad, you know. And then you'd be in the middle of really getting this thing done. You'd have to get up and go out to the car the to get the thing. right yeah to go get you you know go get the right application, go get the right paperwork, and uh, and it was just it was it was overcomplicated. So I was really looking for something that was simplified, something that was streamlined and you know i went to i went to our competitor you know i used to work for our competitor right. and i did very well over there you know i, I that's where i figured out that uh, uh one product and one company is the best way to go and i did i did pretty good you know I, I made over a quarter million dollars a year and of course you know i was doing very well but uh you know i'm i'm one of those guys that's always looking to grow always looking to expand so I actually looked at this opportunity with senior life for three years before I decided to come on board which is unusual usually I jump from one thing to the next (laughs) but but I really sat back and I think I give a lot of that credit to my wife my wife keeps me grounded too she's she's a very uh, she's my soulmate man and and, you know we discuss everything we talk about everything and and she uh, she kind of made me do the ways and balances on everything and uh, even when you know, quick story. And I think I don't know if you know this or not, but when I came over to Senior Life, she was mad at me, man. She was I like, think, "Cause you left. She was what, I, a high-paying job. I, I left a quarter-million-dollar job, you know. I mean, that's over. she was all secure and 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 doing well. And um, you know, she was like, well, you know, I just you know I just don't think it's a good idea. I don't think it's a good idea. And uh, just something in my heart told me, you know, that I, I needed to to make a move. And it was things that I didn't see yet, you know, things that were coming down the pipeline that I didn't see yet. But, uh, so I made the decision to do it on my own and then went home and told her that I did it. So, so we, so we didn't talk. We, We did not talk for about three days. You know, it was, it was tough. It was tough. But I will tell you probably about, uh, probably about six months in or seven months in, she, she actually came to me, and, and, and I'm glad you're recording this because nobody ever, you know, will believe it. But uh, she came to me and said that uh, she was wrong. And uh, it was a great thing that I made that move, and she really was happy that I had done it. So Everything works out. Everything works out. So. i
0: I'll be honest with you. I don't know why she I,
1: – I understand
0: why she was upset, but she should know like I do. JR's going to make money anywhere.
1: She knows that now. She knows that now. Matter of fact, <laughs> matter of fact, we were talking about this trip uh, yesterday, this morning, and I told her. I said, "Honey, I said, uh, man, this place is expensive." She said, "Don't worry about it." She goes, "You know, you're gonna make all the money you need." <laughs> I'm like, "I know, but still, this this place is killing me. Yeah, it's an expensive place, <laughs> right?" Here. So you you've you've
0: come to a point where I define my true success in life because I don't think. I'm just all talented, special per, uh, person, right? Mm-hmm. So I think you've come somewhere where I can do it, but I want to help other people do it. Right. And that's why you've had to find a system that was less complex. talking to me back in the day, you wouldn't have got me. I would have been like, yeah. I'm going to keep moving to see what else I can find. I'll come back to you. Because, right. I mean, that's right. ridiculous. I mean, right. Of course this technology's made it better. I don't even really see the stuff that you had to go through, but if I had to at this point in my career I just have to do it type stuff. But I define my success as I need people to help me be successful in life, to make money, to accomplish goals, because you can make all the money in the world, you're gonna get lonely without that that
1: team, that support system in your background, right? Well, and, and it's not really about being lonely, it's just about, you know, like I said, you know, I, I'm I'm really grounded in my faith. And one of the things that I learned a long time ago was that, uh, you know, we're on this earth to be servants, we're not on this earth to be takers, there you go. and I think, you know, I, I look at it, and I know that this is part of me being a servant, part of me. Being a minister to people, to other people, you know, not just the people that we deal with on a daily basis, but people that come into my organization, you know, I take them in. Matter of fact, there's there's two or three of them that, you know, they they literally look at me as their dad, um, because they didn't have a real big father figure in their life, and you know, for me to be able to make an impact, to change somebody's life, to be able to get them to the level that I'm at and even beyond is actually at this point more satisfaction to me than me being successful because I've been successful you know before I've been successful in the retail field I've been successful in in other fields and I've been successful in the insurance field so it, it's it's not you know I don't mean to downplay it but it's it's not a big deal anymore so now I get you know obviously I still like money of course but you know I get my satisfaction out of helping and seeing other people be successful because I've pushed them, because I've given them purpose, I've given them direction. Um, and it's you know it bleeds over into, into their family life. It bleeds over into their personal life and their ideals. It's just like right now, I'm on this mission to get back in shape. And part of that's because Q got on my butt, right? <laughs> uh, what, what'd you tell me last time? Matter of fact, I'm gonna tell you a funny story real quick. So I got all this food on my plate and Q is standing behind me, right? And uh, I get to the table. I look down on my plate, and there's a big old giant leaf of lettuce <laughs> laying on top of my plate. And I look up, and ain't nobody close to me but Q. I said, Q, you put some lettuce on my plate? He said, brother, you got to get some green stuff in you. <laughs> so <laughs> so, so part, breeze, of the, part of it was, was your fault that I'm on this mission now <laughs> to, uh, to get in shape. But that's a good thing. Um, because you know one of the things is that you know I see some of these older people that have a lot of health issues and and you know not only do I want to be here long term you know obviously for my wife my children my grandchildren and maybe even my great-grandchildren but um, you know if you look at any successful and I'm talking about really successful uh, organization and you look at the leadership and you look at those people 99% of the time not only, you know, not only are they uh, mentally uh, fit, but they're physically fit. got to be okay? both. You got to, you know, something I said on one of my little videos the other day is you got to you got to have your spiritual, your mental, and your physical in line took to be the, successful. Took
0: took the words right out of my mouth. This is something I talk about on another one of my shows. I had to go too deep into it wealth is health. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. literally the moral principles that we live in and abide by to help people. That's right. You have to have That's all right. three. To live in a perfect world, because most people have two, mm-hmm. and some people only have one. Some of the people we talk to on a day-to-day right. basis, right, with their health and mental conditions not being there. Yeah. So to live that truly fulfilled life, you have to have all three. That's and right. A lot of That's people, right. a lot of people lack all three. Body, mind, and soul, baby. Got to come together. So let's touch on one more subject: the name. The name What is the name of your organization?:
1: The name of my organization <laughs> is Legacy Advantage Group.
0: Now, of course we're going to go into the uniqueness of it, but where did you come up with your name from?
1: you know there, there was there was actually several things that came into it, and, and the biggest thing was obviously we you know we're uh, part of a company called Legacy Assurance, okay So I wanted that to be in there, and then the company that I came from okay, Uh, their product, what really made them famous, was called Funeral Advantage, Mm. okay? So Legacy Advantage, so put those two together, and then I was like, you know what, I want to create a legacy for people, Mm. you know, I want them to be able to create a legacy through this organization. So, and then, one more step after that, the top guy in that company that I used to be with the name of his company is Tailored Legacy, so I said from a marketing viewpoint, anybody types in Legacy, they're going to get J.R. Johnson on that page somewhere, <laughs> so, in Legacy Advantage. So that's kind of why, that's kind of how that all came about, man. But uh
0: so you, you obviously are a true inspiration to a lot more people than you know, including me, because. Obviously, I got a branch <laughs> off yours because I was searching for my name for the agency. Not even my agency. My The name of my company is Legacy Wealth Advantage, right? Mm-hmm. The name of my actual agency is Coach Q's Recruiting Agency. Legacy Wealth Advantage is the bigger overall picture as far as that huge corporation I'm building in my mind to make a reality one day. And obviously it came straight from you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just searching, searching, searching and then, you know, I get on Group Me every now and then to look at Josh, see what he's doing and, and just see what's going on. And I'm just I just looked at your name and I was like, Legacy wealth Like I and, and and then of course I kept coming up with names and they were took it. Mm-hmm, Either mm-hmm. the LSC was taken the domain was taken the both. Right. And I said, It's open. Type stuff in, in, the you know the database for the the businesses. Mm-hmm. It was open. I said, God, because <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I mean, I'm, I'm frustrated. I'm you know when you think so hard on something, you want it just to be perfect, make sense, and everything click, click, click. All I had to do was add wealth in there, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. the whole point of again, me is wanting to help people. The whole vision point of my company is. I've been in a life where I've lost my purpose. When I messed up in sports, had it, fumbled it, it went away, the opportunity went away. That's all I knew. Yeah. So at a young age, trying to figure out that next step, when you was trying to already do it, because people say football is going to go away one day anyway, mm-hmm. I was going to take football and use that momentum to do some other things in life, but it didn't happen. So I literally lost purpose in a vision and a dream, and just literally just called being depressed in life. Mm-hmm. And that's not a good feeling. No. So, when I started dreaming again, finally, it made sense to me what my purpose in life was for. And I wanted this ultimate company to make sense as far as how I'm gonna help people do that. I'm gonna help them build a legacy mm-hmm. because when I die one day, because we all gotta die. I want to leave a legacy where I'm still talked about. Exactly. It's so a lot of people that are long gone, and we still talk about them, right? hmm I want my legacy, a company, uh, something to be talked about because even now, as young as I am, I've seen classmates go, car accidents, drunk driving, killed. Yeah. I've seen people get killed in front of me. I mean, it's it's that anxiety in you that's like, I'm just going to be somebody talked about for a day or two, and and what else? Yeah. You know, and then at that point in life, of course, I'm even down on myself I don't think, you know, I don't think anybody's going to really care about me other than maybe my mom as far as thinking about me. So to wake people up and expand their thought on as far as thinking bigger, better for themselves to what are you living for? Because mm-hmm. a lot of people don't live with a purpose, and that's why they just kind of go through life blah, blah, da without this clear vision statement as far as what are you here for and what's your purpose. Mm-hmm. And then I added wealth in there, and a lot of people think that's for just money. Money's important to me, by all means, as far as as important as breathing, right? Because mm-hmm. you need money for everything. Yeah. A lot of people underestimate money that. Money don't make you happy, but, but it can make you better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of places in the area in this life, at least, because, yep. I mean, trying to do some things in life for free, you won't get many places you'll get somewhere but not many places not like how you want to but wealth is that abundance that you give in life and to give something you got to have it and -hmm. you got to be good at it and you got to know what you're doing and talking about which me tying health and finances in that between the two shows and the two things and the two messages that i'm spreading in life Mm -hmm. i want to help people find that wealthiness that fulfillment in life right the spread abundance to self, because usually when people have an abundance of something they tend to spread it right mm-hmm. such as yourself yeah. I'm good in this area where I know so much about it I have so much of it whether it's money or knowledge I'm gonna spread it to the world because right. what am I gonna do with it after I'm right. gone and then you got the advantage I just wanna I'm gonna do all this stuff for you and help you have an advantage of doing these things in life yeah so literally all this stuff is a connection of tying together for the bigger overall picture and i really appreciate you (laughs) i don't know how long it took you to come up with your actual name but after looking at yours and then just (laughs) it just came clicking together and 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 i took it from there and i love it as you can see (laughs) Yeah. yeah i wear it everywhere it's my pride and joy and it's as new as it is, I, I just know where it's going to be towards the end of my life and, and then something to be proud of.
1: That's right. So that's
0: right. I'll always be able to tell the story even when you're long gone because you are a lot older <laughs> than me. You'll still live on in my memory. You never life. know, man. You never know. Now,
1: now, don't tell me that. I might live to be 110 just to prove yeah, you wrong. Yeah, you
0: live to be 110. I'll still be way behind you if I'm still here. <laughs> so uh, I, I'll definitely still be talking about JR. You know, I, I know yeah. this guy. Mjr, yeah. he helped come up with this this, this hundred million dollar company's name. That's right. And, That's right. And I like to that. Hundred million. Claim it. That's right. Yeah, all day. That's right. All day. So, so, anything else you want to share with the people as far as um, what the Jr. story can do to help build them up in life, physically, mentally, spirit? Yeah, you know, I'll
1: just leave it. I'll just leave it with this: that you know, there's a lot of people out there that blame. Their childhood, their circumstances, um, you know, their, their marriages, their, you know, their, their parents, uh, the area that they grew up in, they, they blame a lot of other people for where they're at in life, but I learned a long time ago that life is about choice, and every choice you make, whether it's a good choice or a bad choice, has a consequence. So if you're going to make a choice anyway, why not make the right one? Why not make a good one, and why not take advantage of it?
0: And
1: any shout-outs you want to do? Any like shout-outs? The, uh, uh, <laughs> the company, Facebook, oh, yeah. Oh, no, no. Legacy Advantage Group, man, Legacy Advantage Group. But, uh, you know, um, yeah, just shout-out to, the. you know, obviously, my. you know, like I mentioned earlier, my wife, is. Uh, she's my rock, man. She's my soulmate, and I wouldn't be the JR that you know today without her. Uh, we've been together for a long time been married 12 years this year but uh been together for a long time and it's 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 like we've been you know we've been meant to to be together forever um so definitely shout out to her uh shout out to you know Billy Pilcher and and Mike Pozo and you know Mitch Connors there's a bunch of people that have inspired me to step up you know a lot of, a lot of times and, and even now you know still because of the situation I told you about earlier you know, sometimes people see a lot more in me than what I see in myself. And it's because of people like that and people like yourself and uh, that sometimes push me to that next, take that next step or that next level. Um, so, big shout-out to big all there. them, man.
0: So, this is a little fun fact for me before we go. You went from average salary of what a year?
1: Um, you mean when I was uh, –
0: just everything else. <laughs> everything else, like <laughs> except for the insurance world. Yeah, except so. for the
1: insurance world. I mean, I I probably you know, I, I made good money uh, whenever I was a store manager for Lowe's. You know, I was making about seventy five or eighty thousand, but I was working, no but I was working ninety saying, hours a week. In no time. I already know how yeah. it goes. Walmart. Yeah, shh. yeah I was making. Yeah, I was, I was working eighty ninety hours a week. Um, you know, because as a manager, as a store manager, especially uh you're anybody there. anybody calls out you're the one that's got to cover there. you know you got to be there so
0: i commend those type of people because i've seen it i worked at walmart and again when i was going through my little spending life as far as figuring out what i wanted to do i knew that wasn't it because i've always felt out of place just being at a job never knew why and it just wasn't for me right when mm-hmm. i went to work I swear, I swear, I swear, I would get there, be there two hours, and be like, I swear to God, I thought I was here for nine hours. I thought I was, (laughs) I thought
1: I mean like. You know, the the problem is, and and, and we always, you know, we we always call a job just over broke, you know. But a problem is that most people either have money or time, but they never have both. And that's really what this opportunity has brought to my family and that's what I'm trying to bring to other people's families, yeah. to give you money and time.
0: Yeah, because you're going to lose time. Basically, it's not impossible to make six figures working for somebody, but it is kind of impossible to make six figures, six figures working for somebody plus have time for yourself as far as what you want to do in life and your family and just just time, period.
1: Cause well, I'm not going to give you all my numbers, but I'll give you a fun fact, okay? Fun a fun fact. fact is last year I averaged about $300 an hour.
0: Hundred dollars a month. Do the math, people. I think I can already know it. That's out of my head. So yeah, you went from 50, uh, you said fifty to seventy-five to about three hundred thousand yeah. dollars a year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so a little, little more, a little less. Probably a lot more than that. <laughs> he just he won't tell us. He won't tell us. No. So um, but the the facts are there, and again, his best year. He already told me. He was working three days a week.
1: Yep. That's still unbelievable yep. Tuesday, me. Wednesday, Thursday, three days a week.
0: That's one hell of a closing ratio, I'll tell you that. But <laughs> it's not impossible. People have done it, and it's a great opportunity. I've talked about it in past podcasts. I'll talk about it in in future podcasts. It's just a way to start expanding yourself as far as how to think bigger. Because, again, that 9 to 5, it wasn't anything about it that – you should feel some type of way for liking your nine-to-five job. It's not the point of this. It's to think bigger and understand that there is better out there for you. Because every nine-to-five job I've researched, unless you've gone to school and put yourself in a whole bunch of debt um, and <laughs> have no time,
1: you're you're not making enough money to live. Not in this not in this world. I'll give you another little hint. I make six figures just in overrides and residuals. (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) So there you go. (laughs) And
0: that's that's with everything or
1: just in your life? Oh, that's just in your life. That's just in your life, yeah. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. So
0: think bigger, be bigger, and do bigger things, and, and what you expect out of life is exactly what you'll get. I appreciate you for tuning in. Uh, Please tune in again for more future podcasts as usual. It's been cool. It's been real. It's your boy, Coach Q. Y'all have a beautiful day. See you next time.